What's up, guys? Before we get to the interview with Ashley Hodge from Sikkim365, which was really great, make sure to listen to the entire thing. He shares some great stories about Jerome Tang while he was at Baylor near the end of it. Just want to let you know that we will be dropping our Baylor preview and a recap of men's and women's basketball's first games tomorrow, Thursday morning, wherever you get your podcasts, so make sure to listen to that. Follow us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Leave a review if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, and let's get to it. Ashley Hodge, the co-owner of Sikkim 365, joins us now. So thank you so much for taking the time, Ashley. And, I mean, before we get into any football questions, just got to say thanks for Jerome Tang. I mean, he's he's been a joy so far. You know, I was telling you earlier, it's overreaction city one game in into the season. But so far, Coach Tang's been great. Thanks for taking the time, Ashley. Um, now on to football here. Um, you know, coming into the season, defending Big 12 champs, you know, Coach of the Year Dave Aranda. Um, expectations were pretty high. You were first in the big 12 preseason poll. There's definitely been some ups and downs so far this season. It looks like you guys are starting to kind of get back on track. Tell me about your experience through the season so far. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a interesting season to say the least. I, I think, uh, I always tell people this, first of all, we missed drum tang. It was really weird being at the basketball game yesterday and looking over at the, uh, Baylor bench and not seeing them there after 19 years on the, on the Baylor bench. But uh, I know we're rooting for him to do well at Kansas State. Um, so as far as uh, the, the football season for Baylor, you know, it's it, I always tell people this, that the team you have in, in September is not the team you have in November. And in Baylor's case, they're actually getting healthier as the season goes along. There are some key pieces that they were missing earlier in the season. And one was their starting right tackle, Khalil Keith. And he's made a huge difference in the running game. He's a he's a road grader. And uh, definitely a guy that is is really helped uh, Baylor's uh, rush rushing game play like they thought it would before the season started. He's been he's been in in the last three games. I think the Kansas game was his first game back, uh, so I think he'll he'll be a key piece down the stretch. Uh, but you know it's it's an inexperienced uh, skill position players that uh, that inexperience showed a lot, especially at BYU, uh, which was you know BYU at the time seemed like a really tough opponent, you know, their season's kind of gone off the rails, uh, but that was a pretty electric atmosphere. I was there for that. Um, and then, you know, going to West Virginia, that's a game I know they wish they could have back. I think Oklahoma state just beat them. Uh, you know, Oklahoma state, you know, played really well the day they came into Waco and and just uh, kind of the opposite of uh, the game against you guys. I mean, it was like probably they're, they're, you know, one out of uh a uh, hundred type game. And, and I know, you know, Kansas state, uh, you know, the climate told Gundy that after the, after the Kansas state OSU game, that was probably your one out of a hundred game. Uh, but uh, you know, it's some, sometimes those things happen. And and so Baylor has three losses as a result. And they've also won a couple cl- close games that could have gone either way of uh, the Oklahoma game being a great example of that. Yeah. I mean, you beat Oklahoma and Norman for the second time ever. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, wow. I think they're. I think they've only played them like six times up there, okay. maybe seven times. You know, so the sample size isn't that big. But um, you know, before Art Bryles took over, uh, that was just an automatic W for for Oklahoma. Then I think Art Bryles uh, took some teams up there, beat them once. You know, probably should have beaten them another time. Uh, and then you know, of course, Dave Aranda was the first coach uh, that was not Art Bryles to get a win up there. Uh, so that you know, it's a big psychological win because that's a tough place to get a win and. Uh, you guys probably had the most success against uh, of, of any team in the Big 12 against them. You seem to have their number, but uh, other teams I know, uh, particularly OSU, is has not fared as well against against the Sooners, particularly on their home turf. 
Yeah, some have been calling Oklahoma Kansas South after our performance against <laughs> OU teams this year. We um, say that about Iowa State in basketball. We call oh, yeah. we call Hilton. Uh, uh, we call Scott Drew the Mayor of Ames because he's uh, he's got like maybe six or seven wins in a row against those guys in at Hilton. So uh, yeah, I understand that. Oh yeah, totally. And it's funny that our you know our non conference losses are kind of the opposite, where the loss against BYU looked okay and it's kind of aged terribly. Our loss yeah. to Tulane looked really bad. And it's yeah. kind of aged pretty well. I mean, yeah. who Very knows? Yeah, we, we may play Tulane in like a Cotton Bowl or something. I mean, who knows? <laughs> it's just the Big Twelve is just absolute madness. Um, right. But you know, coming into this game against K State, it's going to be a really tough game. You guys have found yourself, you know, after dominating Texas Tech, you beat OU, um, in tied for second place in the Big Twelve. But you've got three really tough games: K State, TCU, and then at Texas. Right. Um, and I think it would be fair to say out of the three teams tied for second that K-State's got the easiest schedule playing West Virginia and KU, but it's the Big 12, so you know yeah. anything can happen. Right. But how are Baylor fans feeling right now about their their Big 12 title hopes? Well, they, they like the fact that two of those three are at home, uh, but uh, you know that doesn't guarantee a win, certainly. You know, I think that um, the Kansas State game last year was the most physical of Baylor's games. That That was just a hard-hitting – you know, very physical trench warfare type of game that Baylor was lucky to get out of there with a win. And I expect the same thing on, on Saturday. Uh, you know, I think these teams, you know, arguably have the two best uh, offensive and defensive line combinations in the big 12. Uh, so, you know, the game's probably going to be literally one in the trenches, you know, who can, who can move the other back, you know, two or three yards uh, in, in crucial situations uh, you know, I know they both have electric playmakers, but um, we know that the games, you know, typically come down to how how well the blocking and uh, tackling happens on, at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I, th I think there's a lot of respect for Adrian Martinez and his speed and, and and the threat of a running quarterback. Baylor's not really fared that well against running quarterbacks this year. They've they've had some struggles, even though they've been really good against the rush overall. Uh, so, you know, I think I think there's excitement, but uh, I, I think we all know that this is going to be a really tough, uh, tough win for the Bears to get. Yeah, actually, speaking of that K-State game last year, you know, in that game, it was just a real I mean, it was physical on both sides. Uh, Gary Bohannon goes down and I think, you know, K-State fans are like, OK, you know, you know, we got this backup quarterback, Blake Shapin, you know, right. you know, we actually got a chance in this game. But I mean, Blake Shapin comes in and he just balls out. And I'm like, this is your backup quarterback. Like. Holy cow. You know, he's a really good last couple games, obviously yeah. plays uh, good in the big 12 title game, but what have you seen from Shapin so far this season? I think he's really matured. Like, you know, he is, um, he's got a gunslinger mindset. He's a ex shortstop, you know, an all American caliber baseball player coming out of Louisiana. I think he was maybe the top rated baseball player in Louisiana and one of the top rated quarterbacks as well. And, you know, so I think, um, he has that mindset of just, you know, trying to fit balls into tight windows. And he, he has a lot of trust in his arm, arm strength. Uh, but, but his, you know, some of the mistakes he's made this year have really just been kind of the uh, careless, you know, fumbles at the wrong time, especially against West Virginia. He's scrambling. Uh, he just drops the ball on the turf. West Virginia returns it for a touchdown. That was a really key play uh, that led to that loss. And um, he did the same thing against Kansas when, when Baylor had a, a very comfortable lead. Kansas returns it inside the five, scores a touchdown a couple of plays later. So, so I think it's, it's, it's a maturation of learning how not to make those mistakes and protect the football. 
Um, his interceptions, you know, have, have all been in my mind, you know, plays uh, of aggression, which you like to see, you know, he's, he's not tentative out there. He's going to, he's going to try to make throws and, and really, you know, tough windows. And he's a very accurate thrower. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, be able to usually put the hand, you know, the ball on the hands of receivers. And a lot of his interceptions have just been him throwing a really hard ball to a receiver and it bounces off their hands and, and, you know, leads to an interception. Uh, but overall, I've been really pleased with him. And, and I thought he played a terrific game against Oklahoma the stats really don't bear it out, but he was um, he made great decisions and he converted key third and fourth down conversions when they needed them. And uh, when you go on the road and, and lead, at least the 38 points and really could have been 45 squirrel Williams, uh, you know, one of the last plays of the game, instead of going in the end zone, he, he kneels on the five yard line after a long run uh, just to, you know, kneel the ball and, and get in the victory formation. So, so I think, you know, you know, putting up that kind of production on the road, you know, certainly is is nothing that you want to just say, hey, it's insignificant. You know, it takes it takes a quarterback that's really in control of the offense to be able to do that. Yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at to play that well in Norman. Now, Craig Nor or Craig Williams, excuse me, in Norman had an amazing game, almost 200 right. yards rushing. But Richard Reese through the season so far as the leading rusher, he only I think he got four carries. Um, he had flu like symptoms. Um, so is he going to be a hundred percent this week and what kind of does that running back tandem bring to the Baylor offense? Yeah, there, you know, Richard Reese has been a, a great surprise. Their starter before the season was a guy named Tay McWilliams and he took a really hard hit to the head against BYU and he hasn't returned since he's, he's been in concussion protocol since that game. Uh, so, you know, uh, Richard Reese uh, was really a godsend because uh, Squirrel Williams has been in and out of the lineup with nagging injuries. Uh, he seems to be fully healthy now. He's taken a couple of concussions also. Uh, Quaylen Jones is their power back. Uh, he's a guy that will be the, you know, the one that they send in for a change of pace. But but I, I think you're going to have a three-headed monster on Saturday night. I think uh, Baylor ideally will want to rush the ball over 40 times that game. And uh, they're going to probably rely on just a, you know, running back by committee, uh, splitting the, the carries up between Richard Reese, Squirrel Williams, and, and Quaylen Jones. Now, let's talk about this defense a little bit. Your defense has done a great job creating turnovers, especially the last couple of games against Texas and OU. You lead the league in interceptions. Uh, what do you think Baylor's done well in that aspect? And who are some of the key contributors um, that have caused that? Well, I think against Texas Tech, uh, a lot of those turnovers came from pressure on the quarterback. Against OU, um, I would I would have to say to be charitable that uh, Dylan Gable just <laughs> threw a lot of bad balls in that game, and and uh, you know it felt like he got tipped and or or he threw it right into the Baylor uh, you know secondary's hands, and there was there's a couple more that could have been interceptions that uh, Baylor uh, inter, uh, defensive backs just dropped them. So, so I think it's it's if you if you look at those two games in isolation, uh, the pressure on the quarterback against Texas Tech was tremendous, and that led to a lot of uh, Texas Tech's turnovers uh, against OU. Uh, they didn't they didn't weren't able to get to the quarterback as much, uh, but they you know they dropped they Dave Aranda is a defensive guru. Um, he does really well with some preparation, you know, to to try to confuse defenses and, and show them different looks and mix up, you know, man and uh, cover two. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of uh, changing the defenses at the line of scrimmage to, to confuse quarterbacks. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Now let's go ahead and get specifically into this K-State matchup. I mean, yeah. Chris Kleiman's never beaten Baylor. So it's been, it's been a stretch where, you know, 
He's been hasn't beaten Oklahoma State, hadn't beaten Texas. He still hasn't beaten Texas, but you know, this three game stretch where he hadn't beaten any of these teams in his three years so far. Um, this is a really important game, you know, break the tie for second place. You guys got to play Texas. So a lot of things are going to decide themselves very quickly in the big 12. What are Baylor fans looking as, as the things that they need to do well to be successful against Kansas state? Well, you know, I think Baylor's identity is they, they have a great offensive coordinator. He mixes, he mixes it up. Well, uh, they're a balanced attack, but they're primarily, they got to establish the run, you know, they got to, and they'll do it in a variety of ways. I mean, they will, uh, you know, they run wide zone. And and so they're trying to look for mismatches in the defense and, and try to get their playmakers out in space and, and get those big bodies in front of them. Uh, but, you know, they'll run reverses and, and they'll, they'll change up the running game to, to um, you know, really try to get Kansas state off balance. Um, I, I think the key to this game for Baylor is that they're going to have to rush for over 150 yards. I, I, I don't see them beating Kansas State if they don't rush for an, over 150 yards. Um, now, I mean, you know, if Kansas State puts nine in the box all day long and just says, you know, I dare, I dare you to, to beat us through the air, then that, that would certainly change that opinion. But if they play their traditional, the traditional way that they play and um, respect, you know, Blake Shapin's ability to throw the ball, then, then I think, I think Baylor has to run for 150 yards. And, and conversely, uh, I think they probably need to limit Kansas state to under 150 yards rushing. And that that's going to be tough to do. Uh, we know Deuce Vaughn is, you know, the most electric runner in the conference and, and Adrian Martinez, if he's the, if he's the guy is, is a huge threat with his, uh, his running ability too. Yeah. It seems like Martinez is going to be the guy unless there's something otherwise um, what do you, what do you think about that? I, I, you know, I mean, obviously I, I watched that Oklahoma state game and and I was like, I don't know how you not play Will Howard now, but, but I, you know, I know, I know that's probably been a big topic of discussion oh, among the Kansas state faithful. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally said that like, you just got to go with the hot hand. I, if yeah. I was Chris Kleiman, I would have started Will Howard, but I understand I was fine either way. Um, they made the decision on Friday. Coach Klein said he was at peace either way. Yeah. Um, I thought Martinez played well against Texas. Yeah. You know, he, he passed did. for 329 yards, which we hadn't done, I don't think, since like 2015 or something. Right. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's just it's a weird thing where I'm not gonna go out here and make a bunch of what ifs. Um, so anyway, uh, should be a good game. But while I got you here, Ashley, um, could you give us a little bit of a Baylor basketball preview? I mean, I don't, I know you probably don't have a ton of takeaways from your like 60, whatever point win against who was it? Mississippi Valley state. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, what, what is, uh, how, how good is Baylor going to be this year in basketball? Yeah, that, that, that was probably not a, a good test, but they will have good tests coming up really soon. They, they got to play Virginia next week. And, um, then they then they play either UCLA or Illinois, so so we'll know pretty quickly uh, where the Bears stand as far as going up against those that type of competition. You know, I I, th- I think that they the coaches feel that this team is a national championship caliber team uh, because the backcourt uh, reminds them a lot of two years ago with with the Davion Mitchell, Maceo Teague, Adam Flagler and um, Jared Butler, you know, I think, I think that they have that, that same formula, you know, they've got three guards that can score off the dribble and LJ Cryer, Keontae George and Adam Flagler. 
they really like Dale Bonner uh, coming off the bench. They think he's a key key piece uh, as their fourth guard. And then Langston Love was a was a guy that was like a four or five star guy guy that sat out last year for injury. So I think as the season goes along, he'll be a, a more valuable guy as well. So they love their backcourt, and they think they've got some great role players in the front court. Uh, Jalen Bridges from West Virginia looked really good in his debut. Caleb Loner from BYU transfer. Uh, so I, so I think I think they feel like they can compete for a Big Twelve championship. And uh, also a national championship, but uh, hey, it's everybody feels that way this time of year. Like like you were saying before we started the, the tape, I know Kansas State fans probably are like, "Oh, NCAA, we're gonna we're gonna be an NCAA team. We may be Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. You know, I mean, it's, we're all optimistic until you start playing competition that exposes some of your weaknesses, right? Oh, <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, it's. I mean, who know? We have to go at Cal. I mean, Cal sucks at least, you know, but they're still a Power Five team, so you never know. Um, now, who, who else do you have on your uh, non-conference? You have any? Uh, who, who do you play in the SEC challenge? You, you know, Florida. Florida. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that at? Is that at Kansas State? I think it's at Florida. I'd have to okay. double check, but yeah. Right. And then we play Butler in Indy. Play Wichita yeah. State yeah. at home, Nebraska. Okay. So some kind of you know, yeah, yeah, lower tier teams. But I think we've got a shot to. I don't know. Hopefully, we don't have more than two, three losses. But maybe that's a little more optimistic. Well, I, I think Tang did a really good job with that roster, you know, in, in such a short period of time. And um, I, Marcus Newell uh, reminds me a lot of Pierre Jackson. You're probably too young to remember him at Baylor. It's vaguely familiar. Yeah, he he was a guard about the same size. He I think he led the Big Twelve in scoring. He was about twenty points a game, eight assists, seven assists. And same, same game. I mean, he just, he's just, you know, electric player can, you know, just super quick, hard to keep it hard to keep in front of you. Uh, the, the only flip side was it was almost like he would score on the offensive end. And then, you know, he would give it back on the defensive end because he couldn't really guard anybody, but uh, that, that was a different time, different era. <laughs> yeah. I think Perry Jones is probably the first player yeah. I vividly remember for Baylor basketball yeah. in the neon jerseys. Yeah. 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 I mean, Marquise Noel, to be fair, he can play defense. He's a dog. He oh, yeah. Play, no, he's a much better hell of a ball. than Pierre Jackson was. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's really Tang's forte. I, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, Tang, you know, probably has guys that will uh, – I mean, he may be the guy that's focusing on offense. He, he was really good at big man development. That was really, like, uh, where he – uh, did a lot of his, uh, you know, individual coaching at Baylor, but also uh, with with a defense. I mean, he was kind of the defensive coordinator along with Alvin Brooks uh, at, at Baylor, and you know was was very much this. Uh, you know, like you you'll see that like you know he's he's going to give you like some Frank Martin vibes as far as like you know how how you guys will get after people on defense. Yeah, I, a big man development. I really love that you said that because, I mean, out of the past few years at K-State, our big man development has just been kind of lackluster. You know, to see, yeah. you know, you guys having, you know, Jonathan Chamachachua and Flo Thamba yeah. on the same team. It's like you just share the love a little bit. But um, <laughs> obviously, um, Coach Tang is going to be heading to Waco on January 7th to play Baylor. What do you think the fan reception is going to be like when he uh, visits Waco? Oh, it, it's going to be like a homecoming. You know, they're, they're, they're going to love him. Uh, I, I, you know, until, until he beats them <laughs> and then I'm sure they'll all turn it on, them. you know, you know how that goes. But, but I think that, uh, you know, he, he's definitely a, a very beloved guy in Waco and has a lot of long, you know, friendships, you know, so I, I'm, I'm assuming the uh, reception would be really warm, you know, of anyone that's left Baylor, 
I mean, he's he's got to be up there as far as just like uh, popularity with the Baylor fan base. He he was you know just such a a contributor to all the sports teams and and he loves football. Uh, he's he's really active in the Baylor community. You know, really got the students fired up. So so you know he's going to be a uh, you guys are going to love him. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sure. You know, I, I know I know the expectations are, are going to be to get you to the NCAA tournament this year. And I hope he does that. And and I think he has a shot to do that. I, I told you before, you know, Keontae Johnson was a huge pickup. He's, he's really good. Uh, but uh, you know, if, even if he doesn't get, to, get you there this year, I, I think you'll see, you know, consistent NCAA tournaments uh, in your future really soon. Yeah. I think an NCAA tournament would definitely be a huge success yeah. for a first year. Now, before we go, I know you mentioned, I don't know if you, you said you had a couple of Jerome tank stories. I don't know if you've got a, <laughs> if you've got a good one to share, I think it'd be a good way to end it. Oh man. Um, well, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, there's one that I probably, I probably can't, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of beat around the bush a little bit. I won't name the players, but, um, uh, Baylor had a, had a player that was like a kind of a prima donna type player that was a, a really good player, but um, uh, he became a, a more mature player as, as he, you know, as the program, uh, as, as he had a couple years in the program, but his first year, he was like almost unbearable. And, and, and I heard this story secondhand. I did not hear this from Jerome. Uh, so hopefully this is a, a pretty accurate version of the story, but um I heard that like uh, one of uh, Baylor's uh, toughest players, uh, you know, they were they were like John at each other. This this prima donna player, and um, and and you know, uh, they started like you know getting to the point where they were about to fight. And usually coaches break that up and like, hey, we're all on the same team. But but this guy kind of deserved the ass whipping, you know, so to speak. <laughs> so um, I heard that Tang just said um, he took some of the graduate assistants. He was the only coach in the gym at the time. And, and he says, uh, hey, guys, we're going to leave. Let's lock the doors. Whatever happens there needs to happen. And that the, the, the tougher player, you know, really, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, beat the heck out of the, uh, the player that needed a, a life lesson. And, and uh, they never had any issues with that player afterwards. You know, I, so that was one of the stories I heard that was kind of funny. I mean, you know, just some other stories. I, I went to uh, Italy with uh, the whole Baylor team. And, and I remember just having a dinner uh, with coach Tang and his kids and his wife. And, and my son was there uh, also. And, and, you know, I think, I think he said this before, you know, but he just loves like um, relationships and, you know, just being a part of, of like a community and a family type environment. And, and you could just see the joy on his face. Like, you know, just, just like having other, you know, people around him. He's just such a people person. He's just so passionate and full of, and full of life that, uh, you know, uh, that's one of his major strengths. And, 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 and it can also be, you know, something he probably has to manage around a little bit because he's a very emotional guy. You know, he's, he's going to be, you know, at times, you know, probably, uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, over the top on, on emotion, but you, but you always want that in my opinion, you always want the passion. You know, if you're going to err on one side or the other, you want, you want to err on the side of passion and he's, he's got that in spades. Oh, he he definitely does. He's fully embraced the K-State community. We've embraced him right back. He's been he's been great to have. So thank you so much for taking the time, Ashley. Make sure to check out everything they're doing at Sikkim 365. It's great stuff. Again, thanks for taking the time. Hey, thanks, Blake. Appreciate you having me on. 